Thanks for listening to another episode of the Shooting Jays podcast. I'm Jessica, alongside my co-host, Steve Thompson. How are you doing today, Steve? Good, Jess. How about you? Good. We actually have games, real games. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, today we got a special guest. It's Josue Pavone. He is the Celtics reporter for CLNS Media. He's the co-host of the Causeway Street podcast with Cedric Maxwell. And now he also will be covering the Celtics for Heavy.com. How are you doing today, Josue? And congratulations on your new gig. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, just keeping busy, you know, watching all these games. We're talking, you know, right before we started recording. Uh, yeah, I've been glued to the TV. It's just basketball all day, every day. It's not just at night. So it's been, uh, it's been great. It's like Christmas, right? Yeah, pretty much. And it just doesn't end every single day. And it hasn't even been a week. And I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, It's like an expanded March Madness almost. Yeah, it's like that same sort of feel to it. But then, yeah, it's it's almost you got marquee matchups. So you sort of had that Christmas Day feel to it, you know, because there's usually there's a good chance you're going to catch a good game. And, and if you're if you're not catching one, one's coming up next. So the NBA did a really good job with the scheduling. and I, I think that was by design for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the first day, the first two games on that first day, they both were tied within under a minute to go. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Yeah, you got to give these guys some credit. You know, you, you figured there'd be some more rust. You know, everyone was sort of comparing it to what we typically see in October, early November um, basketball, which is typically pretty sloppy. But it hasn't been that hasn't been the case. You know, besides you could say that, I guess, about the scrimmage games, which was, you know, to be expected. But they've gotten, you know, everyone is sort of focused and, and focused right now, it seems, the majority of the teams. And it's been great. It's been entertaining and, uh, like you said, competitive basketball. Yeah. All right. Well, I just want to get into uh, the Bucks bullshit call that we had the other day. Everybody's been oh, talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, sure. It's, it's – I, I hope that doesn't happen in the real playoffs. You know, I, a lot of people are saying that it might be fixed now because they – given Giannis that, you know, not getting him off the court. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, it's not a good look, obviously, because <laughs> everyone, you know, we all saw the replay and it's uh, it, it was a clear mistake. But in my opinion, this is a good thing that is happening now, right? What if something like this were to happen in the playoffs? So when you look at it like that, I prefer that to happen uh, now and, and for the NBA and the officials to sort of get that to, to correct that and, and then moving forward you know we still have uh, the rest of the seeding games and of course the rest of the, uh, the the beginning of the postseason yeah what worried me the most about that is that they rest called the fouls on the floor and it was actually the replay center that overturned them so that's probably for me my biggest like question you know scratching my head on that one um, I don't understand that you clearly can see I mean he had what probably 10 fouls and then after you know after that fifth one he picked up he picked up a bunch should a bunch of more but right uh, right but frustrating. I mean, yeah no it, it, I, I can imagine but again like for this to happen now and especially because they've they've done a pretty good job with this whole replay thing right I mean let's face it it was kind of hard to get used to at first because everyone was the main complaint was okay you keep stopping the game and you know people you're, you're disrupting the momentum of, of teams you know, throughout an important stretch of the game. Like, you know, great example of what happened between the Celtics and the Bucks. But they've typically got it right. You know, you don't you don't see a blown call the way you saw uh, what happened Friday night. You know, that, that hasn't happened before. So you, you'd almost expect something like this to happen in the earlier stages. But, again, moving forward, you know, it's, it's frustrating. The Celtics 
obviously sort of had their laughs with their, you know, Jalen Brown, social media, all that stuff. Uh, Marcus Smart, another donation to the NBA. So you can add to his uh, total <laughs> that he's been giving to them his entire career. Every year, he's just very generous with the NBA, but he doesn't do it on purpose. But, you know, if, but you kind of like that too, because the Celtics team also, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. I, that was it. I, I was going to lead with this, actually. They're going to rally behind this. You can see that already on social media, and you're going to see that, obviously, and and the way they they approach the game and that that sort of tough attitude us against the world even now the officials are nba so to speak you know so this is this is good for them and and clearly this is a team that's that's already shown that they're they're pretty close you know you see them hanging out uh in the bubble when when they're not playing not necessarily whether it's practice or or during a game you know these guys hang out a lot and they even hung out you know during when when we were in quarantine you know Grant williams and kemba walker you know that that was a pretty cool story uh, for, for a rookie or, or for Kemba Walker to take a rookie under his wing the way he did. So this is the kind of thing that uh, I think this, this team will rally around. And uh, we're gonna, we've already seen it, you know, with the, with the Trailblazers. Uh, wasn't pretty, but it, it was a much-needed win, I, I thought, because I thought that those two games in particular against those teams were going to be tough to, to come out the gate. And for them to go 50, uh, 500 on those first two games, it's not bad. It's not bad, relatively speaking, to, to if, if you look at their situation with obviously Kemba Walker and the, the opponents that they had to face. Yeah, and I mean, they almost won that game against the Bucks, and uh, Tatum had probably his worst shooting night of his whole career. He was two for 18, but technically he really only scored one basket because he was credited for that tip-in at the beginning game when Milwaukee tipped it in. Yeah, yeah, he, he so, should have. Yeah, that's true. He, he got one. <laughs> he got a free one there, too. And also, but we also, we lost the, we lost the, I, I was calling him the, the, the Latino Tatum, you know? He was looking, the hair look, I, I was liking it. But it looks like he was going to cut it either way, he said. <laughs> so I, I thought he cut it because of the game. But he said he was planning on cutting it either way. But it was it was funny to me. I was joking around my friend. I'm like, yeah, he's, he looks Latino now. He could, you know, it was like we, he could be like a cousin of mine. It was, it was kind of funny. It was a funny joke between your friends and I. But, uh, yeah, obviously he turned things around, which, which I expected that. I wasn't concerned. That's what great players do, and that's what I think he is. Oh, absolutely. He comes back the next night for a 34-point uh, performance. He was hitting them deep from three. His, his shot is just so smooth. Um, yeah, I know I say that all the time, but it really just, it's smooth. No, but Sunday, no, no, you're, you're, you're got a, you got a good point with that one because on Sunday he was some of those shots. It was like Steph Curry islands, you know, I call it, you know, he was shooting from Steph, Steph Island and nailing them. And, and, and you know, that, that, uh, that release, it's just so hard to defend. And we're seeing that again after the, uh, the, the stoppage. Hey, were you worried about all about him not having a hoop during the quarantine? <laughs> I wasn't. I honestly wasn't. Because, I mean, I thought that it was something that he was going to obviously fix. I just think everyone was – those first two, three weeks, it, it wasn't just uh, us. Obviously, people like you and me who, you know, just how everything stopped. It stopped for the players, too. Everything just sort of came to a stop. And I expected sort of that two, three-week – uh, pause before players were started getting back into the swing of uh, just working out whether they you know obviously they couldn't go to the uh, facilities or uh, work with their with their coaches like they're like they're used to but I expect the players to start getting going and, and he did and plus he, he, he like stitched on himself right so I'm like okay he's gonna fix this you know he's put, he put it out there himself and I think it was like it was uh, during an interview he said it and um, everyone was talking about it so I knew he would fix it but um, I also I also knew he'd be he'd be focused when when he needed to be uh, 
the, the, the bounce back we saw on Sunday. So he's been, you know, so far so good with Tatum. Have you guys noticed that um, they're playing a zone press? I've noticed that in the last couple games that they've been playing the one two two uh, zone press. I noticed it. I think what was it the, the before the end of the uh, first half was it, or was it the? Big... Um, well, they've done it for both games, the Bucks and um, Portland. Right, but I saw. I liked it when they, when they did it against the, the the Trailblazers. Yeah, it slows them down. You know, right. the Celtics are at their best up for defense when they get a set defense. And I'm thinking, I'm like, this isn't. This is like, not like. Lillard, you know, to let this happen, or or McCullum, neither one of them. Usually, we in the past, I, you see one of them is cold. The other one usually starts to get going um, in the in the second half, typically. And they wow, they both got going. That was that was incredible. And Trent Jr. too, he was pretty hot. That Jeez, third. all threes just going off. I'm like, Jeez. <laughs> like, he's just pulling up from like, how many does he have? And I, I saw the box going like seven threes. Jeez. Yeah, man, that's a that, that's a great team. You know, that's the, that's the thing with the Trailblazers, and, and they had something to, to, to play for, and clearly they, they showed that that effort in the second half. Yeah, yeah they got a little size too. That's Bugs. what I was just gonna say. To get <laughs> Nurkic and yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of Nurkic, and, and having them back was was is big for them. But this is another big game for the Celtics, also. You know, the, the Miami Heat. You know, again, the beginning of this uh, the schedule is is tough, the toughest in my opinion, and. Um, the Heat is another team that has a lot to play for. They just played today. Uh, they lost against the Raptors, so they're going to be looking for a win. They'll be hungry for a win. And it's going to be another tough matchup for the Celtics. But I, but I like it. You know, they, they need these kind of games that's kind of competitive uh, against teams that are really playing for something. You know, obviously, there's the Nets on the schedule. You know, there's a, a, a couple other games, I think, the Wizards. And, you know, the, the Celtics, these are the kind of games that are going to really gear them up for the playoffs. And you lost those – those three months, and obviously they're not the only one. Everyone lost those three months. But for the Celtics, you know, they, they're a team that's showing that, that chemistry, but they, they're also showing a team that has a lot of work to do, you know. So uh, it's going to be a lot of work from here uh, until the playoffs, especially when you, when you don't have a, a Kemba Walker uh, at full strength. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be a big game tomorrow for uh, Boston. I mean, uh, Miami's two and a half back. So, you know, if we win, there'll be three and a half with five to go. I think if we beat Miami tomorrow night, we pretty much lock in that three seed. Yeah, yeah. So that – and that's that's big. But we'll, we'll have to see what happens on the uh, on the other end. You know, the, the first-round matchup, especially um, whether it's the Pacers or the or the Sixers, I think if, if you're the Celtics, you, you would want to see the Pacers. But then again, look at the Pacers right now. You know, look at mm-hmm. T.J. Warren right now. Uh, wow, what a way for a, a guy to, to step up for someone that was so important for them in, in Sabonis. And he just stepped right in there. And it's funny. I was, you know, talking to um, my co-host, Sean, Sean Joel, on, on Causeway Street. I was telling them, I'm like, you know, some player or at least a few players, they're going to just adapt quickly to this new environment. And you may just see someone randomly just go off for like 40 plus points. And you'll be like, whoa, where did that come from? And it's like, well, maybe it was the crowd that was sort of put him in his own head sometimes, you know, or maybe it was just that sort of uh, tempo or pace in the game without a crowd or distraction that has a one player just zone in, in a way that we've never seen before. And I think that's what we're seeing with TJ Warren. And then boom, you know, he follows that, that uh, epic performance with another, with a 30 plus point performance, you know, almost scoring, a hundred points in, in two games. It's incredible. So it, it's, 
it's going to be interesting to see how how the Pacers um, fare in, in the standings here and if they actually end up seeing the Celtics in the first round. Yeah, Warren is definitely benefiting from uh, Dante Slonis being out. Um, he's getting a lot more touches that way. Oh, sure. uh, but, yeah, if Miami loses to us tomorrow, honestly, it's like a one, one-and-a-half game between the three to uh, – sorry, from the four to six seed. So Miami could be in the mix there too with Indy and Philly, depending on how it goes for, you know, those three seedings. Those are all very fluid. Right. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining. You know, these, uh, these games are, 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 are here and, and they're going to go by quickly, you know, these, these stretch of games. And before you know, it, it'll be the postseason. How does Kemba look to you? Cause I think he looks great. He's on that minutes restriction, but uh, I see him moving well. He's cutting to the basket well. How do you? How have you seen him? I agree. Kemba looks. He looks great. He looks like the same Kemba we saw before he had to, you know, miss games, which is which is a great indication of, of where he's at physically. But we have to see if he's going to be able to do it, you know, when he's playing thirty plus minutes. But the Suns are doing the right thing here. This is the way you want to treat this. You know, this is your 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 big uh, asset. Uh, or an advantage that you have uh, in the Eastern Conference at that point guard position that not every um, Eastern Conference team has. So you, you want to have him as close to 100%, and, and this is the right thing to do here. And, and Brad Stevens continues to uh, re remind reporters that, listen, this is going to – his minutes will increase, you know, throughout these eight games. You, you're not going to see uh, the same restriction throughout the entire stretch of eight games. Now, what, what does that mean exactly? Do we see him play more than 20 uh, Tuesday night? Do they, you know, does he cut back a bit? Does he stay at 20? We don't necessarily know, but I think for Stevens to say that, you're going to start to see at least an increase, whether it's Tuesday night or maybe the, the, the in one of the next two or three following games. So that'll be a better indication to, to see if there's any soreness or uh, to see if anything that, that, that lingers or if he, if he ends up not playing uh, or missing more games. So it's, it's, a, it's something to keep a close eye on because I, I am – Big picture speaking, uh, a bit. I'm still a bit worried about Kemba, but he does look great. To answer your question, he does look great. Yeah, I mean, he was getting frustrated. I saw him when Portland was making their comeback and he wasn't going to come back in. You know, I see him on the bench and he's shaking his knee, you know, like he's aggravated. He can't be in there. Uh, but I love that. That's probably the difference between him and Kyrie from, you know, the year before. He wants to be in there. He's, you know, he hasn't actually missed much time in his whole career, has he? No. No, he hasn't. It's it's incredible. Throughout his nine-year career, uh, it's in single digits, I believe. Eight, eight games, maybe? So he's not – I don't know. Actually, I think it might be a little more than double – it might be in double digits. But it's it's barely – for a guy who played – who's been in the, in the league for nine years and, and obviously has been a, a, an all-star, um, you know, all those years in Charlotte. So – and that's another reason to be concerned. And, you know, he's, he is 30, you know, and he's also a, a player who um, – relies on that on that knee obviously the way he his approach in his offense and uh, it's going to be interesting because I I do think I don't know I hope I'm wrong but I, I really wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he goes under the knife after the postseason and that might necessarily be a bad thing maybe it's a small surgery something that that keeps him sidelined for a, a few months or so and then we'll see him back uh, in the next uh, Celtics run, which is so funny to say because that's, that's literally like not too long from now. <laughs> We're going to see them in the playoffs again. It's like, you know, the sequel, so to speak. <laughs> it's like a two-for-one deal. It's, it's incredible. But 
um, yeah, we'll see how he responds. But again, big picture, I'm I'm still I'm still wondering how he's going to um, how he's going to respond in the postseason. Yeah, if he's not playing, there's no way the Celtics. I mean, I don't think Jason Tatum can take this team on his back without Kemba. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's huge. He's huge be, to have. It would be really tough. Yeah, a limited Kemba. Put it this way: a limited Kemba would be a a big, a significant uh, difference compared to no Kemba at all. So we'll see. And especially, you know, so this could have a tough road to the finals, whether we're talking a Philadelphia matchup in the first round, which would be tough, followed by, you know, seeing a team like the Raptors waiting for them, and then you have the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a really, really tough route to go. And without all-star caliber, you know, Kemba Walker clearly doesn't have a whole lot of postseason experience because he's been playing in Charlotte his entire career. But he is someone that's been thriving for this moment. And, and I do think he's going to find a way to, 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 to play, if, if I were to guess here. At, at worst, we could just see a limited Kemba. And um, that could be enough. That could be enough to get to the East Conference Finals. Is that enough to get past that? I don't know. Is that enough to get past the Raptors? I can't even say that right now. If you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would say that. But have you seen the Raptors lately? Like, this is, mm, yeah. this is incredible. You know, yeah. you're seeing these, these uh, lopsided victories. And these teams with momentum, and again, playoffs is right around the corner. So it's it's great. It's a great time to be a, a, a NBA fan and a uh, uh, someone who who uh, who works and, and and covers it, you know, for a living. Right, and Milwaukee's going to have an easy, obviously, an easy path to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, and Toronto will be if we get there and play Toronto, they're going to have an easy first round series as well because they're either going to get Brooklyn or Orlando. Um, so either one of those, so Toronto scares me in that second round, just because they're probably going to be rested. Um, they're going to be healthy and they're a great team. Everybody very, very is motivated. sleeping on them yeah, because exactly. Kawhi left. Exactly. So they're so motivated and that makes them scary. You know, those are the teams that typically come up big in the postseason, And, um, you know, they, they, we can't ignore the, the experience they went through last season. Kawhi or no Kawhi, guys like Kyle Lowry, you know, a, a rising star and Pascal Siakam, you know, uh, guys that that's experience that they, that they went through and yeah, sure. Kawhi Leonard was the number one guy, but, but these guys without Lowry and Pascal Siakam, we're, we're still talking about no championship in the, in the six. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how they do. And yeah, if you're the Celtics, you want to avoid that. You want to avoid that at all costs because that's a really tough, uh, tough matchup. And if you do get out of it alive, how much, do you have left to go up against the Bucks? And I'm looking at Kemba Walker, you know? How much does a seven-game series against a team like the Toronto Raptors take out of Kemba Walker? You know, Celtics fans have seen this before. We've seen, we've seen this story before. And Isaiah Thomas, and an amazing run he had that postseason in 2018, and, or excuse me, 17, and, and had to sit out the Eastern Conference Finals because he was hurt, you know? So we'll see with Kemba and uh, how, how everything will unfold. So how rare is it for guys like Kemba, superstar level, to, you know, be okay with deferring to younger players like Tatum and Brown? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, say that again? Like how rare is it for superstars like Kemba 
to be okay, you know, and willing to defer the young, solid players like Brown and Tatum? Uh, that's a really good question. You know what? It, I, I'd say it's fairly rare, especially in today's NBA. When you look at the last, I don't know, decade or so, we can we can go as far back. Yeah, we can say decade, right? Wow, it's 2020. Yeah, <laughs> the last 10 years, it's been a really uh, – the league's been dominated with a lot of talented point guards. And some that, that get sort of – you know, they, they fly under the radar. And it's almost the they rewrote what a point guard is nowadays, right? Before it was – the guys, the, the years of John Stockton and, and, and gathering up assists and, and, and getting your guys' points, that's sort of a thing of the past now, right? So you, you, you still have those guys in the league. Don't get me wrong. You get your Ricky Rubios and, you know, guys who stack up assists like it's nothing as soon as they get on the court. You know, they're walking double-double machines, you know, sure. But that formula is, is sort of a thing of the past now. So you look at a lot of these scoring first point guards, they, they typically want to get that. that They want the ball in their hands, and, and you don't see that often, but – Kemba Walker walked in such a unique situation. Of course, Kemba Walker is is a guy in the league that that can you can sort of mention as those top point guards that kind of flown, flown under the radar. You know, he stacked up a lot of All Star teams before four All Star teams before coming to Boston, and you know, a lot of tough years in Charlotte and not being able to compete and having to bow out and in, in, in only in two opening round series, and that was his only postseason experience. So someone like that comes to a team that not only has the, you know, the story franchise and a team that's, that's competing and has a shot to make it to the NBA finals right away as soon as you get there, but they're already established and they're young guys and they're still growing. And if I'm Kemba Walker, I'm thinking to myself, Hey, I know exactly what you guys are going through, but you know, the only difference is we're competing here and man, I can help these guys. And, and that's exactly what you see. And you see that whether it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or a rookie like Grant, uh, Grant Williams, you know, we talked about how they are in quarantine for, you know, for a month or so at, at Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker welcomed him to his home. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. And that's the sort of point guard he's been for this Celtics team. And I, I just do, yeah, you know, to answer your question again, that is rare. You don't see that often. But again, that's not a knock on, you know, other point guards around the league that, that put in work and also help, you know, get assist and, and, and help their other guys and, and think, you know, pass first. But, um, you, you know, this is a, the only, this is the only team in the NBA that has three 20 plus point scores. I mean, these guys can score and Kemba knows that. And he's, uh, he's done such a good job of um, adapting to Brad Stevens' system as opposed to being a point guard that came into a system and said, you have to adapt to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love watching them play. You know, it's, it's it's pretty refreshing. I know. And nowadays it's like, <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it, refreshing. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah, it's, it's been refreshing, but it's also been, like, frustrating, right? Because once yeah. you know he's up to 10 and 12, you know, you hear Mike Gorman say, oh, Kim was at 12 yeah. minutes, you know. He's, yeah. he's only got about eight more to go. And you're like, ah, oh, geez, you know. But he's got 16 points, Mike. Yeah, and there goes Kemba. You know, you're not going to see that. You see that's like you get all into it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see him keep going, and, and that's been that's been tough. That's been tough to see. But I, I think uh, another thing that we could be in store, well, what could be in store for Brad Stevens is um, how he manages those 20 minutes, right? Maybe Kemba doesn't get uh, – maybe Brad doesn't divvy up his minutes the way we've been seeing it, right? Maybe he sets it up so that we get the last five minutes of the game, Kemba, you know. But it's going to be tough because he's been talking about um, uh, not having to – Having you know, having him go stop and go, stop and go, you know, the the, the increments of minutes and how that that could be bad for his knee. 
So I don't know if there's some sort of unique way he could he could do it, but you know, I, I wouldn't put it past Brad if he was sort of try to get Kemba in one of those situations where um, he'll need him down the stretch and he'll be at, I don't know, minute 16 at the end of a game and he'll just think, you know what, let's just and let's have Kemba just finish the game, whether he goes to 20 or whether he goes a little bit over. Yeah, Gordon good Hayward's point. looking good out there. He is, and he's flying under the radar like he always does, right? It's like the story of the yeah. season. I call him Stash Gordon. Stash Gordon. I like that. I see the double meaning. little mustache he's got going. <laughs> well, I was thinking the double meaning, too. I was thinking that, and he's sort of like, you know, like, actually, guess, this kind of doesn't really make sense, actually. I was going to say stash, like he's, he's, people are sleeping on him. He's stashed away, but that, doesn't, that kind of doesn't work, right? Nah, it's a force. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's the mustache. <laughs> yeah, there's no double meaning. I, I look too too into that. <laughs> no, I definitely think there's going to be a play-in on the um, the Western Conference. I just think Portland and Memphis, they're too close together because they have to only be within, what, four games? Right. So, um, that, but that's great for the Celtics. So, Portland wins that and Memphis gets that lottery pick. You know, that could help the Celtics too. Although, yeah. I don't think we really need another pick this year. Oh, don't let, don't let Danny H hear you talk like that. Right. <laughs> Danny wants all the picks. So, uh, you, know, you know he's watching that. He's probably watching their games like the way he's – the same way he's watching the Celtics and probably yelling at his TV. I, I'd be so I'd – I'd love to be like a fly on the wall to see how Danny really is when he watches games. I bet you he like spazzes out. <laughs> but when, he, when he's like on camera, like when, he, when he's like before, you know, back when we could uh, – when people could watch games, you know, live, when, when he's on – he knows he's like strategically knows when he's going to be on TV, so he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta keep keep my cool today. But I can see him completely fanboying, especially now when everyone's in quarantine and or everyone's typically watching games with their families or you know indoors somewhere. Yeah, we he should needs, do it. Go, oh, go ahead. <laughs> he he needs to be a virtual fan. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. He's probably like, no, no, not doing it. <laughs> that was funny, though. Deuce, you had Paul Pierce. Kemba's mom was there. Deuce. Cool. Deuce was there. That was real cute. That's going to be uh, gonna be funny, right? When Deuce gets older and he like, sees that, he's going to be like, that's, that's so weird. Why, did right. I, like, why was I just, like, FaceTimed watching the game like that? What, what happened in 2020? <laughs> Danny Ainge should do what um, Goodell did about, you know, but actually let the person come, and, you know, have him highest bidder can sit and watch a game with him. Yeah, right. The, the, the uh, contest he had. Did that, yeah. is, that, is that still happening? I thought there was something they're saying that there wasn't. No, the, the guy from Barstools won it and he won't, Roger Goodell he won't, won't. He won't give it to that's it. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Because he was bragging about it and he, he denied him. That's what, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Ainge would do that, though. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> Imagine if he did, though. That'd be fun. <laughs> so who yeah, do you no, think? Was... Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I was surprised to see Paul Pierce there. That was that was cool. Yeah, he was, like, passing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He's funny. He's he's pretty much on the bandwagon for the Celtics. Yeah. I, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> but that, that wasn't, like, a, a filter. No, no, no. Paul's... Rocking the green while he watches. Oh them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at uh, Brown and Tatum, who do you think's had the bigger jump this year? Um, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give it to Tatum, but it's really, really close. I, I mean, 
it's so interesting when you look at um, Jalen Brown's growth year by year. You know, he's just continue to get better and better. Whereas, um, you know, you can say the same thing about Tatum, but between the first two years, you didn't necessarily see the same kind of leap you saw in Jalen Brown. And when you saw that from Jalen and you're seeing, you know, before, right, when the beginning of the season, right, when, when you're seeing Tatum before he's ascending, right, you're like, oh, okay, this is this is the leap. He's going to make the, the same thing that, that Jalen did, and you, you, you're thinking he's going to keep going, which I, st- I still think he is, right? But Jalen makes another leap, and, and I think that was uh, clearly and obviously significant with, with him getting his new contract. And to me, the contract this time, it was like Jalen took another – huge leap because it was made things really crystal clear for him. Jalen had such a tough year last year. I mean, a lot of people did, right? It was just a tough year for, for the entire team, but he had to make a lot of adjustments. He lost his starting job pretty much because he was injured. You know, he came back and just lost it. He had to fight to, to sort of do his best and, and, and stretches where Brad would sort of throw him in there and throw him in, mix him and match him into different lineups where he just never really seemed too comfortable but you still saw consistent production. And that's always been what you can uh, say about Jalen Brown. He's just taken it to another level. Uh, whether we're talking that that first step, that leap where, you know, no one can stay in front of him, or we're talking about how important that outside jump shot has been for Celtics' offense. It's been incredible. So, I mean, Tatum has made a bigger leap just because it's been on a bigger scale and, and not because, not only because he, he's, he became an all-star, but, he was able to put the team on his back in important stretches. And I think that's sort of gives him the edge a bit, but it's not by a lot. They, they both just made this, this huge leap, which is why it's, it's so significant when you're looking at this team as a whole with the, uh, a banged up Kemba Walker. And it's like, Oh wait, but you still got these two guys. And, you know, maybe it's enough when you couple them with obviously the rest of the roster with Gordon Hayward and, and Marcus Smart, these guys were there with them too, you know, in that epic playoff run where they were, one quarter away from the NBA Finals. You know, no one's forgotten about that. So, um, you know, that you take that experience with you. And, and uh, again, this bubble experience with, with the team and uh, the, the way they, these guys have been hanging out, I think is, is, is significant. There's, there's a lot to say. But you know what? Put it this way. Look at the way the Celtics have been hanging out and look at the way the Philadelphia 76ers hang out. You know, it's like – one team is it seems like they like each other a little bit more than the other, you know. And I do think right now in these conditions that's very significant where they literally can't uh go home to their own lives. You know, their lives is just all together as one team and, and that's that's great for a team like the Celtics. Yeah, I wouldn't mind um switching up a little bit, but I wouldn't actually mind playing Philly um in the first round because they're not a good away team. They are, I believe, the team that is going to hurt the most from not being able to play at home. They had the best home record. I think they only had two losses at home before the stoppage. So between that and they just don't – all season they haven't seemed very together as a team. Not like the Celtics. So maybe we're just lucky because of the guys we have, but that's what I've been noticing. Yeah, I just think, in my opinion, like with the – with the, 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 the whole Joel and B thing where there's reports that he wasn't crazy about the idea. And then, you know, people were like, Oh, we're not sure what kind of shape he's in. And then he just showed up, right. Showed up to Orlando and he's wearing this whole hazmat suit. Like, but what does he mean by that? Is he saying like, you know, this is ridiculous that we're playing right now. You know, is he just being extra precautious? You know, <laughs> but people, a lot of people, it rubbed them the wrong way. It sort of came off as 
sarcasm. You know, like, I can't believe we're doing this, but, hey, I'm a team player like everyone else is. If there's 300-plus players, you know, in the league doing this, then who am I to, to, to you know, uh, have my team go out there without me? Obviously, he's, a, he's their best player. Um, and then we saw what happened over the weekend. He gets into it with one of his teammates, just berating him, you could say. And then teammates firing back. You know, Melton is like, hey, listen, man, like, you know, sorry, it was a bad pass. Everyone's pissed off. We're getting blown out here. Uh, freaking TJ Warren's on his way to dropping 50. Where the heck did that come from? You know, like, I'm sure everyone's pissed off. But you got to show some leadership, Joel. And he's been legal. You know, he's been in the league for a while now. You know, he's not a, he's not a young guy anymore. I mean, he's not 30, but he's been in this position and he's been in this role long enough to show a better example. And especially with the kind of season they've had, you know, yeah, they've had, they've been a team that's been great at home. And it was so interesting what, you know, seeing what's going to happen with a team like that, because they're also you know really bad on the, on the road, you know? So they're one of those teams where they're like, well, what's going to benefit them? You know, this, how is it going to benefit them? And um, it's been a tough start so far, but there's still plenty of time to, to turn things around. Well, I shouldn't say plenty of time, but there's still time to turn things around. But um, I just think with a team like that, it starts with the guys like Joel Embiid, you know, Simmons, you know, Al Horford. Al Horford, you don't have to worry about, you know, getting, uh, you know, when you need that leadership and, and leading by example, he does that. So that, that's one guy you don't have to worry about. But I just thought that was um, – that was not a good look by Joel Embiid to do that, to, to pile that on with his whole attitude about this entire NBA bubble thing and to see him act like that on the court. It's just, it's just bad. It's not good for, for the Sixers. Steve, you have anything else? I just like say everyone for the Celtics stay healthy. How far do you see them going? We're talking, we're talking no restriction combo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hell yeah, of course. Throw me <laughs> um, I'll say NBA Finals. I'll say NBA Finals. Um, easiest answer for the Western Conference to say, oh, either the Clippers or Lakers, right? I, I, either one. Mm. Um, I just think it's too much right now for this team. Um, in a couple of years or so, yeah, definitely. Jalen Brown continues to, to develop and um, Jason Tatum takes that one final lead to being uh, one of the top guys in the NBA, put the, one of those, one of that team in a, in a series with, against a team like the, the Clippers or Lakers. Yeah. But I just don't think they're quite there yet. And, and again, I'm, I'm not going to say hundred percent the Celtics will go and, and beat the Bucks in the seven game series. But if you're, if you're getting a uh, Kim Walker who's not, who's not restricted, I think that's enough. I think that'll do it. I, I, I give them, I give them that much, but um, the NBA Finals, I think, is where, where the end would stop. And that's not a disappointing run. That's exactly uh, that's exactly where you're supposed to be if you're the Celtics. Winning a championship would clearly be overachieving, but, uh, you know, losing one is not a disappointment. Who do you think would be the better matchup for the Celtics, the Clippers or the Lakers? Um, I'm going to say – You know, I'm going to say the Lakers, um, and, and it's – the reason why I hesitate is, is because they're outside, you know, threats, and I'm looking at Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. You know, can they sustain this, the, what, they, what they've been doing lately? They've been looking pretty good, you know, uh, being the, the shooters that – the exact shooters that, that LeBron needs. You know, that's the, that's the LeBron formula we've seen the last 15 years, right, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the championship in Cleveland or the, or the two in Miami. You surround them with shooters – 
you give him a, 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 a Robin to his Batman, and you know, that's just about enough to, to, to do it. And they look pretty good. So, But the Celtics have struggled with defending the three, which is another reason why the, uh, the Bucks would be a tough matchup. If those bench guys get going, which we've seen, heck, I mean, look at Robin, or no, excuse me, uh, his brother, not Robin Lopez. Um, I'm trying to blank Brooke. Brooke Lopez, Lopez. Excuse me. Brooke Lopez gets going from deep. You know, we know that he's, that's in his arsenal, but he really got going the other night. And, um, you know, that's that's always been a, a, a tough uh, – that's been tough for the Celtics defending the, defending the yard. We've seen him do it. Don't get me wrong, I guess elite offenses, but um, to do it consistently in a seven-game series is is tough. But I, I'd give them the edge. If I had to pick one, I would I would take the Lakers um, over the uh, over the Clippers. And uh, I can't help but but think about the last time those two teams met. I mean, Celtics fans would think about, whoa, what about when they blew them out at the Garden? Like, yeah, that game was great, but <laughs> I think that might have been the one in L.A. I know it was in a losing effort, but. That might have been my favorite game from Jason Tatum. Like, it was just unbelievable. 41 points, but it was a Sunday matinee, staple center, you know, um, that feel to it. The celebrities were there. Um, I was actually there covering it for, you know, CLNS Media. And uh, he was just in the zone. And, and that was such an important step for me because not only do you do it against someone like LeBron James, um, you, got the, you got the shout out, you know. You got the – you got the shout out from the, from the King, you know, <laughs> LeBron James hours after went to write to social media and say, Hey, this guy's coming. He's it. He's the one, you know, um, I think that's important for someone like Tatum. Um, even though he always downplays that stuff, right. He's always like, Oh, well, I don't care about the outside. Yeah. You sort of care. Someone like LeBron does, you know, you know right? it's, it means it, it, it hits differently when it's LeBron, you know? So mm. I, I think it's, I think it was significant. And that was, um, that that was a big uh, a moment, and I, I think that 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 does happen. Maybe it happens this year. I don't know, but I think eventually that happens. I think we'll, we'll get that tree. I think the basketball gods will give us that. Lakers Celtics, you know, another chapter. LeBron versus Tatum, you know, <laughs> Anthony Davis, the guy who was supposed to who Boston was drooling over for years, you know, that's just two storylines. I can keep going, yeah. guys. You know, like this is this is gonna be epic, and and it could happen in twenty twenty one. It could. Uh, or it could happen in a couple of months. We'll see. This is a great, great time, again, to cover the NBA. Amazing time to cover the NBA right now. Yeah, that game against the Lakers was like the start of that torrid stretch for Tatum, where he was just going off. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was like, oh, if you thought, if you thought this was a fluke, yeah, here's your, here you go. You know, matinee, <laughs> prime time, 41 points. The entire country saw it. Oh, okay, okay, so this is Tatum. All right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, he's arrived. All right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it sort of ended the conversation of, uh, yeah, he's just hot right now. No, he's made, he's taking a, a leap here. Yeah, it was from the All-Star. After he made the All-Star team, from that stretch on, he was unbelievable. And you kind of right. flip it in reverse. Jalen Brown did the opposite. He didn't make the All-Star team, and he flipped it to a new a switch. Mm-hmm. You know, so both guys in different situations. But And I just like I, – I mean, a lot of this team will be back together next year. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's what great about it. And, and again, that, that's why, you know, um, handling Kemba's situation, uh, big picture, is so important. Um, you don't, obviously, right, I'm just going to state the obvious here, you, you don't want to sacrifice one playoff run for 100% Kemba Walker in 2021, right? Um, right. The uniqueness of, of this, you know, two for one, two seasons in one year, uh, makes that way it's sort of you know 
puts things into perspective, right? Bigger picture here. So chances are you will see a, a limited Kemba than the Celtics would just give him, you know, 30-plus minutes out there. If you see him without a restriction, he's, he's it's legit. You know, Celtics are not going to just gamble, you know, their, their, their big contract out there, their big guy, and sacrifice him having to, to, to get, a, get a surgery that will have him out for the entire season next year. Yeah, you know, one rookie that I wanted to see play, I've only we've only seen him in little, you know, little spots here and there, but I've really liked in wa- enjoying watch Romeo Langford play. I was thinking that because I'm the I'm in the same exact boat. And and I'm waiting for Brad to do it. He'll he'll do it. I mean, obviously what he'll do it right against the Nets and you know, teams like that, but <laughs> I I think we'll we'll see where, where he stands with, with Romeo in a week or so. Um he's like almost like teasing him a bit, right? So you see put him in there in all these scrimmages and he's he's talked the he's talked the talk. Oh yeah, Romeo is certainly in, in line to get some uh, meaningful minutes at some point, you know, throughout these eight games. But but again, this is the this is the toughest part of it. So I think Brad knows that and and um that was um, by design, what, what we saw over the weekend, where he's playing eight guys. You know, Brad's been strict strict uh, rotations right now so far out of the gate with, with a top-notch team. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, treated, so we, treated those like a playoff games, like they were playoff games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's, you, that's what I was going to say. You can actually – that's their playoff rotation. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they look great. At first quarter uh, – first half of the Portland game, they were great. Everybody – I mean, they – I don't think – they did anything wrong in that in that whole first half. Um, but if they can play like that, I I think they can win it all. I truly do believe that. Um, whether that happens or not, you know, who we play, like if you know, but if they play all together. No, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, if they play all together and in sync, like I said, with like Gordon coming back playing, you know, better, and he, he's he's a great playmaker. He doesn't have to score a lot to um to help the team win you know um i'm liking how he's going uh, right to the free throw line and getting those um jalen brown seems to be doing the same thing um just take the easy ones you know if you're gonna get there all the time you take those shots right right and that's exactly why i think someone like romeo langford would fit perfectly here or at least in some stretches for Brad Stevens' offense, especially when um, you know the, the run wells, the you know the, the water runs dry in, uh, in their offense, which we saw in the first game against the Bucks, where he just really needed some offense from the second unit, and um, he didn't get a whole lot of it. Um, I mean, yeah, we got it from Marcus Smart. And, you know, technically he's, he comes off the bench, but you're looking for other guys to step up, and someone like Jason Tatum is can't hit a shot. And Romeo Langford is interesting to me on offense because he reminds me so much of a young, a really, really young Avery Bradley. Now, when Avery Bradley was getting meaningful minutes, he was, you know, before he was a starter, right? Little by little, he eventually became a starter and, and took Ray Allen's job, right? Um, Allen started coming off the bench. Um, he started doing that because he could get quick buckets for uh, Doc Rivers at the time, the Southern head coach, um, off the bench when he needed it. And it was, it was backdoor cuts. It was the quick twos. It was high percentage shots that would keep Celtics, uh, you know, from, from bowing big deficits. And that's exactly what Brad Stevens needs right now for someone like Romeo Langford. And he's shown flashes of that, but it just hasn't been consistent. And then again, you see what he does on the other end. Defensively, he's not a bad uh, wing defender. We go back to what I said about the Celtics uh, defending the three-pointer. They've struggled in that throughout this season. And, 
that's so important in the postseason that they that they don't give up a whole lot of threes against opponents. And if Romeo Langford can make a you know make a name for himself in those two stretches in those parts of the games on both ends of the floor, I think you'll see more Romeo. Yeah, personally, I don't. I want to see him, but I don't think we'll see him that much um, at all, really, in the playoffs next year. You know, because he was injured most of the year, so he's behind everybody. And right. you know, everyone was saying, "Oh, he's a bust. He's a bust." And you know, the guy was injured all year. His and when he was in college, he his finger was injured as well. So I mean, he was what named Indiana Basketball Player of the Year out of high school. Um, right, he's he, came a, he came in injured. Yeah, he was drafted. Yeah. So I think he's going to be good. He'll be fun more to watch next year uh, going forward. Uh, same with uh, Tremont uh, Waters. He's impressed me so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to him next year. Yeah, for sure. He's uh, he's definitely got the uh, 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 coming soon look. You know what I mean? Like I got like this thing in my head where it's just like Tremont Waters coming soon. You know, you'll see meaningful minutes from this guy and. Uh, uh, we'll see where exactly where he stands, you know, whether it's uh, one of the last guys on Brad Stevens' bench or someone who comes in, you know, second or third guy off the bench and and is the secondary playmaker, even the, the Brad Wanamaker role, so to speak. You know, I think that's sort of his um, his short term goal if, if you're him, you know, right now in, in his progression. He reminds me a lot of um, Shane Larkin when Shane Larkin came out of college. Yeah, yeah. And then you can say the same thing, you know, with Wanamaker. You know, they just come in, they sort of uh, had a good – did a good job of just controlling the pace and, and just sort of calming calming the storm, you know, when when, when Brad Stevens was in uh, either end, you know, whether they're down big or um, they're starting to, to, to lose a lead. Do you have anything else, Steve? No, that's it, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, do you want to? Yeah, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Sway. Um, you can check out my work um, on Facebook. It's easy to find. All our articles are there. Um, heavy on Celtics. Give us a follow. Check out all of our content. You know, we got plenty coming up. Obviously, with the with the uh, restart, postseason around the corner. So. Yeah, again, I appreciate the invite, guys. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, thanks. Steve, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I cut out there for a second. Oh, that's okay. Uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, check out our website, diehardbostonsportsfans.com. we got Facebook, Diehard Boston Sports Fans. I also do a podcast with Chris for all Boston sports called Boston Sports Blitz. You can find that on Facebook as well. And then Twitter, we play for titles, uh, diehard boss fans and Boston sports BLZ. All right. Uh, yeah, well, you guys can find me. I am the lead Celtics writer for the diehard Boston sports fan. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Jessica Snee and the podcast is at shooting Jays. So, um, we look forward to talking to everybody next week. Thanks again, man, for coming on. See you. Bye. Bye.